we've started the holiday season, uh, and Christmas is coming, but more important, Advent is here. Uh, I was so thrilled when I came as your interim pastor, and some of the earliest questions I asked, do you all celebrate Advent? And in my understanding was in the past you have at times, but you don't do a, an official Advent celebration every year, but you gave me freedom to say, let's celebrate Advent. Because Advent is a special, special time of the year. Uh, when I was raised in Oklahoma, uh, I had never heard of Advent. And I moved to Kansas and found out about Advent. And I loved raising my children with the Advent calendar in the home and every night opening the calendar and seeing that thought about Christ and the coming. And Advent is such a special time for me. It brings back such warm memories of when my girls were little. <laughs> now they're grown and off all over the uh, United States, but praise God, they're giving me grandchildren, and that's fun as well, and I love my daughters, and I love my sons, which are really sons-in-law, but I call them sons, and uh, those grandkids that they have given us. It's a great, great time, and I really want us to worship and understand what Advent means, and I want to start off by, by, by giving you a couple of uh, three quotes, actually, that will help us understand. Uh, Joanne Chittister, I really love how she frames for us what Advent is really about. So uh, it'll be up here. The, the first one there is Advent is about learning to wait because learning hones our insights. It gives us the time, the space, the perspective, and the patience that enables us to discriminate between the good, the better, and the best. She goes on to say that the function of Advent is to remind us what we're waiting for as we go through life too busy with things that do not matter to remember the things that do. And her last quote, it is while waiting for the coming of the reign of God, Advent after Advent, that we come to realize that its coming depends upon us. Now, I want to take those three quotes and, and summarize them this way. And uh, you can just leave that up on the screen throughout the rest of the service if you want to. That'd be fine. Advent is about waiting. Advent is to remind us of what is really important. And Advent helps us to realize our part in the process. Because we really do have a part in the process. He has appointed us to be the carriers of the good news. And this morning we're going to look at the love candle. And we're going to trace this theme of love from the scriptures. You've already heard about it. Uh, Jason and the worship team have read scriptures uh, we've lit the candle, we've read about love, we've sung about love, but I want us to look deeper into the Word of God as we look at love. If you want to, go ahead and turn in your scriptures. We're not going to get there right yet. I have a few more comments and introduction. But begin to turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Because as we're looking at the, the love theme... What we're waiting on is love. That's what we're waiting on, to experience it face-to-face. -face. 
with the Creator and with the Son. We're looking forward to that. But we're also remembering that love is what really, really matters. Love is it. And the third thing we're going to be looking at is to remember our part in sharing this love with people who need to know about that. So I want us to look at what love means to God and to us and to others and why it's so important, and then I'll wrap it up. So in Ephesians chapter 1, we begin to look at the perspective of what love means to God. And listen to Paul as he writes this letter to the church at Ephesus. He opens it up in verse 1 of chapter 1, and he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. May that be a challenge to our life, not to just be in the church, but to be faithful of our service and worship to him. And he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. God's perspective is, even before he created the world, you were in his heart and mind. He has loved you even before he created you, before he created the world. He has loved you and said, I want you to be part of my family. And he didn't just say that, he meant that. And he expresses it to us. And let's go back to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7. Because he expresses that to us in the form of a promise. And we find that in Isaiah 7, 14. A very familiar passage of scripture that is often read during this holiday season. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. He's not sending messengers. He's going to do it himself. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Remember what we've talked about? Name means character. And Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. And so he gave the people a promise. I love you so much. I am going to come to you. I am going to be with you. And then look look over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we see the birth of Jesus Christ. And in verse 11, it says... For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Redeemer, who is Christ the Lord. 
and this shall be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. With those whom he is pleased. He not only expressed that love in a promise, he expressed that love by fulfilling that promise as well. But let's journey over to John. John chapter 3. And we see he didn't just promise it. He just didn't fulfill it by having a baby come. He made it reality by expressing his love on the cross. He who knew no sin died for those of us who have sinned so that we might be free from our sin. Why? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's just not a concept. It's not just a promise. It's not just even a baby in a manger. Christ came in the cradle to go to the cross. That was his intent from the very beginning from the Father. Because you have a need. I have a need. And it's the forgiveness of my sins. And only by the shedding of blood comes salvation. No greater love has any man than than that he give his life for another. But what's that mean to us? What's that mean to us? Go back a chapter or two to John chapter 1. And look what John wrote in verse 12. John chapter 1 verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What's this mean to us? What's this love expressed means to us? It means we can become part of his family. We are that adoption that Paul was writing about in Ephesians chapter 1. That we could be the adopted children of God. We are his creation, but sin has separated us from him. And he will adopt us back into the right relationship if we will believe call upon his name and we can experience that connection that he brings about in our lives that's what it means to us we can be adopted children of God but it goes even farther than that go to Matthew chapter 22 we're just running through the scripture hitting some highlights of love but Matthew chapter 22 speaks very specifically on what it really means to us we are given a challenge If you go back up into verse 34 of Matthew chapter 22, there's been a debate. And when the Pharisees heard in verse 34 
that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and wanted them a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the challenge for us. Because as adopted children, we have the privilege and the opportunity to express our love back to Him with literally, absolutely everything we are. Heart, soul, mind. We can love Him back by being completely committed to Him and expressing our love to Him. Just like we've done today in, in just a small facet of time through prayer, through singing, through visiting with one another and encouraging one another to love and to good deeds in our fellowship time. And with our getting into His Word, we're expressing love to Him. But what does it mean to people who don't have that connection? Who have not yet entered into a relationship with Christ? What does love mean to them? Well, we continue on in that same passage of Scripture, the very next verse. Because it says there in verse 38, it says, This is the great and first commandment, that you love God with everything you are. But look what it says in, in, in verse following that. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When we experience love and we love ourselves, I know you do. I even love me. And you know I do. <laughs> but we are to love everybody else like that as well. Just as we want to be loved and we do love ourselves, uh, you know, watching out for quote-unquote number one is not a new phenomenon of this culture. It's been going on forever. But we can express that love to folks who don't understand the wonderful gift of the love of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can love them. But it goes even deeper. Go back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 43. Jesus is teaching. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And verse 43 says... You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor. Yep, we just read that. But also in that time, it was also the statement, and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The love of God doesn't rest in us just loving people who love us. 
it goes beyond that to where we begin to love people who don't like us, who hate us, who persecute us. And sometimes even you and I become enemies of some other person. And the love of God says, we love our neighbors as ourselves. And Jesus said, and we even love enemies. People who persecute us. People who mistreat us. That's when you really see if you have love in your very being. When you can love someone who doesn't love you and takes the exact opposite approach to you. But the big question is why? Why did God express his love to us? He shared with us what it means means to him. And we see in his word what it means to us. And we see in his word what it means to the lost world. But the question is why? And we go right back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him might not perish. Might not be separated from the Father for all of eternity. That's why. That's why. Because he wants people to know he loves them. And you don't need to turn to it because I've hit it several times and you'll hear me hit it several times again. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and following, not only has God said, I love people and I gave my son so that they might not perish but have eternal life, he has given you and me the assignment to go tell them about this love. Because if we don't, they're not going to hear it walking down Main Street of Independence. They may hear Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I love that song. And it's fun. But man, the message that God loves them is what really matters. Love is the best. And that's what we're waiting for to experience that. And that's what the world is waiting for. They're searching for it in every possible fashion and unless we share with them the truth that God has given us he has given us the assignment to go make disciples and to teach them what this means that is our assignment that's why it's important but I want you to turn in closing to Isaiah go back to Isaiah Isaiah chapter 40. Remember, Advent is about waiting. And we're waiting for that day when He comes again. And Advent is about remembering what is really, really important. And what's really, really important is that relationship with Jesus Christ that brings us into connection with God the Father. But lest we misunderstand what waiting is, 
Waiting is not kicking back with our feet up on a footstool saying, Okay, Lord, come on back anytime now. I'm ready. Listen to what Isaiah said. Look at verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths will be faint and be weary. And young men will fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What does it really mean to wait? If you look at that Hebrew word, to wait means to intertwine one with another. The imagery is there are two cords available. And God begins to twist them together to the point that you can't tell where one cord ends and the next cord begins. They become just a rope or a string. And you just look at it, yeah, that's a piece of string, that's a piece of rope. No, actually, it's a whole lot of little bitty strings and fibers that have been so intertwined with one another that you can't tell the individuals, even though they're there, because they have become stronger because of togetherness. And that's what he's talking about on waiting. That you and I become so intertwined with God the Father through Jesus the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit during this holiday season, during this Advent season, that when people see you coming, they quite frankly can't tell where you end and Christ begins because you reflect the character of God in your walk, in your talk, and even in your thought patterns. Because you have been impacted by love. And love has transformed you because love is not an inanimate object. God is love. Just like you read, Jason. Just like you read, God is love. And if we'll take the time to spend time with Him day in and day out, we begin to look like Him. I love to look at older couples since I'm so young. And isn't it amazing how after 50 and 60 years of marriage, they begin to look alike. Scary, isn't it? Please don't tell my wife that, okay? She does not want to look like me, but guess what? When we start living with Christ and expressing His love, we begin to look like Christ, not because of what we're doing, but because of what He is doing in 
Advent is about waiting. Waiting for what's really best. Waiting for the best love. But Advent is also reminding us of our part in the process. If I don't share, if you don't share, how are they going to hear? What a great privilege it is. And even as we enter into this season of Advent, we're going to see not only love, but joy and peace and hope. And then we will celebrate His birth on Christmas Eve. But here's the good news. Even though we're waiting for that day when Christ returns, and He will, he promised, and he's a, a person when he promises it is going to happen. He promised the Christ child would be born. And guess what? The Christ child was born. While we're waiting for him to come back, the good news is you don't have to wait to become involved. If you're here today and you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who brings you into connection with the Heavenly Father. You don't have to wait until later to do that. You can do that today. If sin has crashed your life and you feel heavy with it today, you don't have to wait until later. He offers forgiveness now. If we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness right now. We don't have to wait or somebody to open a door for us. We can begin to share. Just in the way we carry ourselves. In our lifestyle. And especially how we communicate. And say thank you to people. Because we're living a lifestyle of thanks living. That that catches their attention. And they want to know. What makes you so different? It's Jesus. What a great opportunity that while we're waiting for His second coming, we don't have to wait to experience in Him in every facet that we need right now. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Today, do you know Christ? Have you experienced Him? Not that you know about Him, but have you experienced Him? Have you acknowledged, I am a sinner? And Jesus said that if I would come to him, he would forgive me of my sins. And if I would ask him, he would come into my life and change me. Have you experienced that? Today could be the day. Maybe he's been talking to you and you say, man, it's, it's time. I get serious about just my, my walk with Christ. And I just want to rededicate my life. I want to get so intertwined with him that you can't tell where I end and Christ begins. Because we are spending time together. And I'm beginning to look like him because of what he is doing, not because of what I'm doing. Maybe you're here today and you say, I have that relationship, but I've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And you want to do that today. Or you want to join the fellowship of a local church where they will encourage you to love and to good deeds. Now is your opportunity. Father, would you speak to us? Show us where we really are in our walk with you. And if there's a decision we need to make, would you give us the courage? 
to make that decision today and tell somebody about it. So, Father, as your Spirit moves among us, as we remember you are love, and your love is what has drawn us to you, may we respond in love and express that decision that's going on in our hearts right now that we need to make. Father, give individuals courage to make the stand they need to make whatever you're leading them to do. And I pray this in Christ's name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And while the instruments play, men will be down here at the front. If there's a decision you need to make, you need somebody to pray with you or for you, you have a decision you want to express about Christ joining the church, whatever, you come right now.